Hi, everyone. This is Eric Hewitt, Co-Chief Investment Officer here at SSNC Alps Advisors. And you're listening to Inside the Rendezvous, where our research team dives into investment topics relevant to wealth managers and their clients. If you're interested in our written content, including back materials for this episode, head to alpsadvisors.com. Or if you're a Black Diamond user, our research is also available in the Rendezvous Model Marketplace. In this episode, we'll be speaking with our resident AI expert, Richard Baker, who takes a look at AI investing through a real estate lens. AI data centers are the infrastructure powering ChatGPT, among others, and Richard has uncovered some interesting and surprising data. You know, I know ChatGPT and AI itself is something fascinating to you as a former software person yourself. Um, this has been something that you've spent a lot of time on, and maybe you could start off by talking about what got you interested, what piqued your interest in, in writing this uh, piece of research, and talk a little bit, yeah. a little bit about AI. Well, um, I guess my personal interest goes back to maybe uh, frustration in terms of the development of software tools and how difficult it is to do even some fundamental things. There's been enhancements in terms of tools. Uh, developers are certainly far more uh, far more productive. At the same time, perhaps I was, uh, uh, you know, wishful thinking or, or, you know, a dreamer that we'd be further along in terms of the, the systems themselves to be able to be, mm-hmm. allow us to be far more productive. And so when I saw the, the launch of ChatGPT, especially the ability, ChatGPT could generate code and even find errors in code. These were things that were very early on in the launch. Uh, I was certainly super, uh, super interested. In that that got your attention. Them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, this, you know, all the other things, you know, writing your term papers and kids, you know, writing college essays, that's great. But, but being able to write code, I thought was something that was just, uh, significant and potential, potential game changer and just, you know, got on a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of blogs. And looked at some projects that folks had very, very early on been able to do some very impressive things very early. So it's just for me very, you know, I see a lot of potential, a lot of areas, but I think that's perhaps the most uh, salient for me personally is getting away from, you know, that coding aspect and being able to be more descriptive sure. in terms of defining an output as opposed to defining how to, how to get there. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. And, so you do quote some of the uh, spending on AI in your research, and it's pretty big. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we look at maybe there was before ChatGPT was launched. Now, granted, this AI development efforts for years yeah, right. didn't just pop up. This is no surprise. There's, there's been a lot of work. Open AI has actually been around for some time. There's been a lot of work. There's you know, AI is embedded in a lot of navigation. Google search has a lot of AI type, type features embedded. So it's, it's not like this just yeah, appeared. Came out of nowhere. However, if we pick, if we pick that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that November 30th date, which was kind of the, the, you know, maybe we pulled the, uh, the curtains back and folks started to realize this is, this is something for real. Um, we saw a massive explosion very quickly. And uh, a couple of things I was 
a couple of projections um, I was able to uncover is, is we're looking at some something on the order of uh, 300 billion a year or more related to whether it's the actual hardware to run these AI services, obviously the software, um, security, which is a big deal, and a lot of the other aspects of, in that whole call it excuse me AI ecosystem. Yeah, so vast uh, spending and. and you know, for, for years on out, this is not like a potentially a one-time thing. Yeah, and it's it's going to grow for a while. Yeah. And, and it was fascinating for me to mm-hmm. to see the the an AI data center and maybe a data data center yeah. in general, just the size, the need for electricity, the need for cooling, um, and and the expense associated with it is more than a build out of a typical office building. Absolutely. The, so, so the, the the distinction is the the density in which these chips are going to be packed, and we okay. talked about Nvidia and others. So, so Nvidia clearly is the leader in, in terms of providing these these special these, these chips. Uh, the level of density that's going to be in these data centers. The, the, the talk about in, in order to improve airflow and raising the ceilings and, and really changing the design, but. The short of it is, to, in order to do the language training, and then to to deploy those language models into these, call it real time, where you're actually making mm-hmm. requests. Mm-hmm. The the amount of horse, call it computing horsepower, if you will, for lack of a better word, is somewhere on somewhere on the order of two to perhaps ten times the amount of computing intensity required to do, say, a Google search or I don't know, to retrieve photos of your last family vacation right, from, from right. the cloud, right? Yeah. So, so, so it's vastly more dense, a different type of data center, but fundamentally just far more resources are necessary yeah. to achieve that. And, and so because of that expense associated with constructing these things, so it's, you know, by far the most expensive real estate to develop. Um, one of your, your points that you're making is around uh, the barriers to entry that are coming up around AI data centers. There, you, there's very little speculation that's happening because of the, you know, costs associated yeah. with that development and the risk associated for the developer if they're wrong. Right. So you look at you look at capex, whether it's you know, Microsoft, Google, or Facebook. Obviously, the three biggest uh, you know, participants in this. You see capex, you know, moving up. And, and you look at the large data center providers, both you know, private and uh, some of the public REITs. And, and what you see is that um, the supply demand, there's, in real estate, when you have these spikes in demand, well, let's argue that AI could have been a spike in demand for, for data centers. You, you see supply adjust pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And what you're not seeing, at least at this point, is that that supply is not adjusting quickly to some degree because of the costs you alluded to. You're looking at, you know, 3x the cost of call it a traditional real estate to develop data center, you know, 400 and some odd dollars a square foot versus, you know, north of 1,000, 11, perhaps 1,200 square feet. So you're looking at something pretty significant. Right, right. At the same time, there's limited spots to put these. You need, you need interconnect, network interconnect. You need a, a fairly large, um, relatively flat surface. You need access to uh, arterial transportation hubs. You need sources of water, and you need access to cheap power. 
So it's not like you can go, you can't go out in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa and build a data center. Yeah. Like you can find sheep land. So there's a, a lot of uh, parameters that need, that need to be um, you know, met in order to be successful. And with limited access to those particular things and the fact that it costs a lot of money to develop these, you're not really seeing a lot of what I would call speculative development. It's being built, you know, to some degree, it's being built in a sense pre-sold. You know, vacancy rates are in the high 90s, right? Excuse me. Yeah, vacancy rates are in the high 90s, meaning there's there's very little capacity. And so uh, developers, the, the data center developers, landlords are able to, are able to, in a sense, pre-fill these facilities. Lots of demand, difficult to build, so limited supply. Uh, and so you've seen that, you know, I've just put up a chart here that we're looking at with um, data center performance relative to the rest of real estate. Yeah. Data centers have done really, really well, whereas real estate's been suffering from, you know, whether it's work from home or uh, some of the different mega trends that were really accelerated during during COVID. Right. Um, you know, so is there, are we done? Did we get the the... the flow of, of dollars into data center REITs and and this thing is over before it even began. Well, you know, to, to, to talk about real estate in a second, there's it does it's very, very diverse. So you have on one end of the spectrum you've got legacy type sectors, you know, office, halls, single uh, excuse me, apartments, you know, multifamily, kind of the three big core sectors. And on the other end of the spectrum you've got things like cell towers data centers, self-storage, and you know, some of these other newer type type uh, asset classes. And so you kind of see this this uh, divergence, if you will, where you've had, call it those legacy, some of those legacy sectors have underperformed, to your point, with, with COVID, work from home, e-commerce, others that have really, in a sense, changed the way we, learn, we live and work mm-hmm. fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And on the other end, you have perhaps you know, generational type transformational and technolog- technological changes. Where we've got, um, you know, this AI. We've got, um, you know, cell tower mobile communications, which are really driving, you know, a very different uh, dynamic, if you will, in terms of in terms of real estate. So, so real estate overall has has not performed well, but there are several sectors that have actually done done quite well. And to your point, um, since the launch of uh, ChatGPT at the end of into November, uh, data centers have uh, have been, you know, outperformed actually the broader markets. Certainly through the through the end of uh, yeah, definitely the, real estate, but, June, but, yeah. even, but even the broader markets, yeah. yeah. And so, 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 are, are we done? To answer the second part of your question, um, that's one of the things we look at is okay, where are valuations? Are we are we ahead of or or behind the curve or? or are we trading at a premium? And so one of the things we look at is this idea of what's the price relative to net asset value. So if the price is less than net asset value, we call it a discount. If price is greater, we'll trade at a premium. And as of right now, or, or certainly the end of um, in the last quarter, uh, data center reach were trading really right at par. So we didn't see this bold right, and in terms of premium, yeah. which you know often we've seen when We've gone through you know, some of these cycles. Uh, real estate overall is actually trading at a decent uh, discount. 
And so you have, uh, you know, different sectors are being valued differently. But uh, one could one could argue, given you know the balance sheet, where where these uh, were certainly data center reads are in terms of debt, cost of debt, uh, the refinancing schedule, which is pretty far out, and then just looking at that uh, discount to NAV, things look actually look pretty good. Yeah, they don't look overcooked. Yeah. Yeah. As of this point, no. Yeah. Interesting. It, so one of the uh, things I like in these conversations is for listeners to take away something they didn't know before. And I didn't know this before, but the, the um, carbon t- intensity of data centers is far greater than I, than yeah. I thought. Uh, it, it's, it's something I've, it, let's just call it, it it's, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, with, with all this, you know, efficiency and all the other things that, that, that is perhaps one of the, uh, the, the side effects or, or externality, if you will. And the, the, the carbon intensity of data centers globally, this is um, data I was able to uncover as of um, last year is, um, about 4% of global emissions, which is pretty shocking. <laughs> but when you contrast that with, um, global aviation, and shipping, and you add those two together, uh, which are the two things would immediately come to mind as well. Those are the, those are clearly the most uh, carbon intensive intensive things. It, it, according to this data, uh, data centers is greater than what is about the same as those two categories. Yes. Saying that again, the global emissions from data centers is equivalent of the global aviation, global aviation and shipping combined. Combined, so, so it's very, very significant, and it, it's it's perhaps one of the more significant threats that, as an investor, we would you know, certainly get our antenna up because, you know, with with you know all the different all the different discussions, all the focus on, on you know being more uh, responsible, you know, clean energy, all these different things. Um, it's one of those things that is perhaps. It, I think some of us are aware, but perhaps um, we should be more aware that um, potential regulations, limitations in terms of where these things could be cited, uh, limitations in terms of water access, the yep. cost of power. There's just a lot of different factors going into this that, you know, things are good now. Things look like they're, you know, they have a lot of potential and there, there's some runway for these things to run. But um, one of the larger potential issues, potential risks, frankly, is this, you know, some sort of regulatory oversight or perhaps even some, some additional taxes, if you will, carbon taxes, what have you, with, with the uh, related to, yeah. the, to the carbon footprint. To, yeah, the carbon footprint, which I love your, the end of your, your uh, piece saying that maybe it's more energy efficient or more environmentally uh, positive to actually take that trip instead of doing it virtually. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it, it's something you think about. I mean, there's just, you know, we, it, it really is, uh, the, the, the scale of which uh, I think we're deploying these data centers and the growth in which, um, you know, where we may be in the next couple of years. I, I think that carbon intensity, that, that dynamic is, is going to shift even further towards, um, data centers being, not equal to uh, 
uh, shipping and, uh, excuse me, aviation shipping combined, but perhaps you know, significantly more. Right. Given the growth, yeah. given the yeah. speed, so yeah. something but to stay watch. Definitely, yeah. So we could talk about this all day. It's a fascinating subject. AI is definitely going to come back on our radar. We're going to hit this topic again, but hearing about it from the real estate lens right. and what's happening with data centers is is uh, been educational for me. So thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and share. We appreciate your time and value your feedback, which, by the way, you can send using the contact us link at alpsadvisors.com.